0: Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome
1: to a new episode of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. We talked a lot about the government shutdown when it was happening. I think. It's fair now to kind of take a retrospective and examine the impact that it might have had on people who are trying to manage agencies across government.
2: yep, yeah, absolutely.
1: What are some of the things that you think people should pay attention to as they're trying to think about the Judge possibility? Judge the efficacy? Well, and think about the possibility of another one. We can't discount the possibility that we'll continue to deal with this on an ongoing basis.
2: Yeah, the, um, I think the... the you know after the shutdown that i lived through in the 90s i was confident one would not recur uh but then they, in the last 5 6 years they have recurred mm-hmm. and so i think it's safe to say they are now like continuing resolutions a part of life one of the
1: most often talked about topics about the shutdown is how it impacts the people that do the jobs all across government and that's what we're covering on fed heads today Tracy Demartini is the Chief Human Capital Officer at the Peace Corps. Welcome. It's nice to see you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for coming. What impact have you seen, not just at your agency, but all across government? What are your colleagues talking about the challenges that they've run into as a result of the shutdown, the impact it's had on their workforces?
0: So morale is obviously a huge um, issue, but mm-hmm. I will say that people are focused, I think, primarily on how we are going to recruit new talent. And I'm actually more worried about how we're going to retain the talent we have. Hmm. Because a lot of this, uh, the shutdown hit mid-career professionals, I think, really hard. Five weeks, a lot of uncertainty. Um, So folks are reconsidering their career options within the government. Is it really worth it?
1: Are they reconsidering their career options to do some other kind of public service do you think, or are they saying, I'm kind of through with this whole idea because it impacted the contracting community too, obviously, the agents or the companies that were doing business with the agencies that were closed? And I wonder if these people are just saying, you know what, I just can't take this whole concept anymore.
0: Yeah, I think it is on both ends. And I think, obviously, being in the DC area, we hit it, we were hit much harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, in general, a lot of people in, say, that Gen X age group, late 30s up to the early 50s, are saying, Why am I putting myself through this? Um, They have kids in college or going off to college, mortgages. Um, They're kind of the new sandwich generation. They have obligations on both ends of the spectrum, maybe helping parents or taking care of parents, and then also children. Um, They're also looking to move up and to have some stability. They're thinking, I'll never be able to retire with all these fits and starts of not only just shutdowns, but let's look at the impact on the pay. The pay has been frozen, and right now we're all waiting for a 1.9% raise, which – still has not materialized and people are saying is this really worth it
2: Mm -hmm. we've invested a lot in employee engagement Mm -hmm. seems to me though we're uh, asking chico's to perform the triple lindy we're not going to give you a lot of money to pay people with Um, we're not going to have work conditions that are as good as they are in the private sector and by the way, we're gonna delay your budgets or shut down your business altogether in the middle of your year.
0: I know. And then they ask us why doesn't anyone want to come and work for us.
2: so <laughs> but but are are there things that you recommend to do to compensate for this mayhem?
0: So I think it really has to come back to agency culture. So while all of this was going on, I can say, Peace Corps, my agency, was a brilliant place to be. And it comes down to leadership. We have a leader who believes in our mission, knows our mission. She has worked for the Peace Corps in a variety of positions under prior administrations and also served as a volunteer. So that really made a huge difference. She also has a great deal of emotional intelligence and empathy. So we did things that I consider to be very basic management practices. We reached out to our employees. Um, We told our managers that we're on accepted status. Call your folks, email them, make sure they're okay. We sent out newsletters. Um, She did, Jodi Olson did everything she could to make people feel valued. And we found that paid off in dividends when they came back to work. We also hosted a big breakfast on their return, and she stood at that door for four hours and greeted every employee back. Not a heavy lift, but morale-wise, and when I talk to my colleagues in the Chico community a lot of their leaders couldn't even do the bare minimum because they were drowning in other tasks.
2: Mm. I want to commend our Grant Thornton public sector leader, Carlos O'Tal. I hope he's listening. He's a big fan of the podcast. A big fan of the podcast. But also, you know, he showed tremendous leadership for our small workforce of 1,000 people, only a couple of hundred of whom were impacted by the shutdown. But it impacts contractors it as does. it does federal employees. And so the importance of reminding folks that they're not going anywhere and that we'll do things to keep them engaged, ensure they feel safe and secure. You really ought to write that down and share it with people in the context of this will likely happen again. And there are things you can do not only to reassure employees, but actually use it as an opportunity to strengthen the culture of the organization.
0: I think that's a really great point and it, and unfortunately I think you're also right, we need to be prepared. Everyone was kind of clutching their pearls um, at February fifteenth. Will me. we or won't we? And they were saying what you know, we really can't go through this again, could we? But no one I think ever thought we would go through it for five weeks. And again, I think it impacted all employees, but I really have a special concern for that middle level of employee who's smack dab in the middle of their career they've already invested a lot in federal service um, and they are scared and they are frustrated and I don't think we can underestimate that fear and that level of frustration that a lot of folks have.
1: Is there anything that somebody at your level or other people other management level people can do to ameliorate that and or given what Robert talked about the possibility slash likelihood that this could happen again. What groundwork should you be laying now and should your peers be laying now to try to minimize the impact the next time if it happens again.
0: So the one thing I th- I think that pays off for everyone is when you treat employees with respect like I just talked about and it sounds like that your employees did here at Grant Thornton Robert but also making people feel empowered and by that making sure we talk to them about having their resume ready, look at their options. Um, Making sure they know where their talents lie, where their interests lie, so they can find other opportunities when they're ready to go. Mm -hmm. And if they don't feel stuck or if they don't feel like they're being forced out, I do think it has a positive impact on their attitude. The more they feel empowered to steer their career in the right way they're going to be a lot happier. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that also it's incumbent on leadership at every level to pay attention to their folks. I'm not sure why that is so hard for some (laughs) agencies to understand compared to others. Um, But your workforce is your biggest investment. And I think what we found out in those last five weeks was it was HR and the CFO shops and the CIO shops that kept things running because it got back to basics. Mm -hmm. We need money, we need a way to communicate with people, and we need to take care of our people.
2: A lot of handicaps leaders face, but they've also got something you alluded to, the culture and the mission that these agencies are trying to accomplish. That can go a long way to recruiting, retaining, strengthening the engagement of employees.
0: Absolutely. And when they feel like they're valued and what they're doing matters. I have to give a shout out to my colleague over at DHS. Um, The Chico over there was outstanding when she really talked very passionately on calls about, hey, my folks are hurting. They're having to go to work and not being paid. These are TSA agents. They're Border Patrol agents. We say we value them. Let's, Let's get this done call it off. Let's get people paid. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated how uh, forward thinking she was and very direct because some people didn't want to hear that.
2: That's an untold story. Mm -hmm. Advocacy for employees behind the scenes with policymakers who aren't getting it done. Right.
1: What have you seen, if anything, yet regarding the impact that this has on bringing people in? I agree with you that The impact on retention is tremendous, but I imagine there's also a residual impact on recruitment.
0: So the nice thing about the federal government is um, I have yet to see that impact because with USA Jobs and hiring reform from 2011, it's very easy now to apply through USA Jobs. There's no more KSAs, so I never have a shortage of applicants. I may have a shortage of qualified applicants and people that understand exactly what the skill sets are needed. We're oh, now- great. I- <laughs> right.
2: So there's that. Well, yeah. A whole there's bunch that, of unqualified right? people, yeah. So you have,
0: to, you have to weed through them. I've but- got a
2: bunch of money, but it's counterfeit. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> but they still there still is um, a high degree of uh, respect for the government, and people do look at it as a safe place. But again, when you then shut down for five weeks, you lose one of our biggest uh, you know, recruitment tools where we are a secure future. So people begin to think twice.
2: So if you go outside the chaos that we're talking about, what are some of the priorities of you as the Chico at Peace Corps or beyond in the community for the next several years?
0: So I think the Chico community is going to still look at recruitment because we only 6% of the workforce is under the age of 30 in the federal government. I found out that statistic yesterday at the partnership. Wow. So that obviously That's is... That's going down,
1: though, because over the last several years... I've heard numbers anywhere from 10%. Now, mm-hmm. 6 is the Six lowest percent that i heard. 6% is what they said.
0: Mm-hmm. And part of that might be because we're in the middle of a great labor market right now. Mm-hmm. It's pretty tight, so there's a lot of competition. Um, I think, though, that the Chico community really has felt a bit empowered and emboldened because we are telling folks, you need to pay attention and invest in the workforce you have. You know, years of, since sequestration came about, gosh, it's been, what, seven years already? You know, training budgets were cut. Raises and salaries were frozen. Benefit costs keep going up. We realize now we have to pay attention to our employees. What can we give them to show that we care? We want to help them with their career path. We want to keep them. When we train them, even when I think about Peace Corps volunteers, um, I hear you know we pay a lot to have our volunteers be in the field. We want to find ways to retain them when they come back and enter federal service because it is a calling, and we need people in those key positions all across the country.
2: And they get the culture. And they better get the anybody. culture,
0: and they really are committed to it. Um, so it's going to be a, a seismic shift in how we do business. And we also want to think maybe you let people go in and out of government. You don't stay for 30 years. Maybe you go off and get a skill set somewhere else, especially in the CIO world. We can't pay um, the salaries that, say, cybersecurity experts and CIO, big CIO companies do. Let people go get the training and then come back, and then they just are better employees for it.
1: What are the resources that you need to execute your priority set that you've just described? That maybe you don't have or don't have enough of, because what you mm-hmm. describe doesn't sound like it's all just money. More money helps anybody; nobody would turn it down. But it doesn't right. sound like that's your only.
0: It's not, um, and that's uh, thank you for letting me talk about one of my favorite topics, which <laughs> is Chicos need to have a seat at the table. Now, I'm lucky. Because being from Philadelphia, I'm not shy. So I will push myself up to the table. But I also have very receptive leadership that wants to hear from basically the C-suite executives. We have a CFO, a CIO, and myself. We all work very well together. And we're able to talk about how even though we're back-end operations, we're not you know out in the field supporting volunteers at post overseas – We're the heartbeat of Peace Corps because we bring in the people that serve the volunteers and we fund the programs and we provide communications mechanisms. Back when I was with OPM, a lot of Chico's did not have that same level of respect or support in their agencies. The ones that did had tremendous success because mm-hmm. they were able to remind people about the human element and it wasn't just transactional we weren't just processing SF-52s we were being strategic we were doing workforce planning we were looking at succession rates we were figuring out where to recruit and where to realign our talent um, and i really can't give a big enough plug for training budgets you need to put more money back into training you know, we don't have to send everyone to in-class training, but allow people to have mentorships. Give leadership training to supervisors. That's one of my passions. We don't we don't do a good job training supervisors in government. That also has a negative impact on how we retain people.
1: Do you see any possibility of creating career paths for people who don't want to become managers who are technical experts and want to continue to progress on that track, not have to make more money Mm -hmm. or gain tenure, stay in government by becoming bosses and and no longer doing the things that make them successful and happy.
0: Mm I think we have a lot of opportunities for folks, but again, we have to look at our compensation model. It is basically um, set up where you're only rewarded if you move into management or executive positions, and not everyone wants to do that, and that's okay. Some people are outstanding journey people at a certain level. You would never want me to be an economist, but I'm <laughs> a great Chico, at least I think so, because I this is the work I like to do and that I'm passionate about, and I'm a good decision maker. Um, but I also know that some people would rather sit in a room and crunch numbers and that's exactly what we want them to do because that's their skill set. So we need to have a toolkit in place to reward them and make them feel valued.
1: One final thought um, as we start to wrap up. You talked about the seat at the table concept. It's exactly what the CIO community is going through and I wonder what you think will drive better cohesion among all of the Four major CXOs, the Chico, the Mm -hmm. chief financial officer, the chief information officer, and the lead acquisition professional Mm -hmm. in an agency. What will make that group of people work better together, do you think?
0: So it does come down to um, just their personal interactions. I know I don't think CFOs have a problem because they have the money, so everyone wants to be nice to them. <laughs> Fair point. You know, but um, and for CIOs, we're going through so much with cybersecurity and the transformation of systems. I remember also when I was at OPM trying to tackle big issues like the retirement backlog and modernizing systems that were incredibly old and no one had any idea they were patched together with duct tape. HR has always been a rather um, looked down upon CXO. It, you know, it really only became a CXO office through the 2002 Homeland Security Act, when we were told, you know, listen, we need to invest in our people and have a seat at the table. And again, there are some super talented Chico's in government that I absolutely adore and admire, ones that have retired and ones that are still in place that are really trailblazing the efforts. And a lot of them did not grow up in HR. I didn't. I was never an HR specialist. But they have the skill and the talent in that area to drive change just through their enthusiasm and their respect for the workforce. And that's what we need more of.
2: You know, you said that the, the CFOs have a seat at the table because they've got the money. Chico's have something more important, and that's the people. That's right. I mean, that's why it's called human capital. It's an asset that should be deployed to the maximum effect and you're, we, we do think you're a great Chico. Thank and you. And we think the Chicos are doing a, doing a great job under incredibly difficult circumstances to get the job done. Oh,
0: thank you. My peeps never get a shout-out. They deserve it. They are doing amazing we're, things. That's why we're here at FedHead. love it.
1: And I'll wait till after we turn the microphones off for you to give me the list of those names of those people that you... Love so much. Absolutely. All right. Tracy DiMartini's the Chico at the Peace Corps. Thanks very much for coming on. Great to see you. Thank
0: you, Francis. Thank you, Robert.
1: And thank
2: you, Robert. Thank you, Francis. Good to be with you.
0: Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.